You're tuned into Bible Snacks. Not the full meal, just a spiritual snack for on the go. We got a special guest on the episode here today. This is Ron Turner joining us in the studio. And Bethany, I think I think you might know this guy. Yeah. I've I've seen him once or twice around town. <laughs> yeah, who who is he? Go ahead. He's my dad. Dad, that's Welcome, right. Welcome, Dad. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, well, it's good to be here with you. And uh, we thought we'd, um, some people in our audience know you, uh, others don't. So we thought we'd open it up, which is kind of uh, figuring out, tell us who you, who you are and uh, some of your ministry background experience, how you got started. Well, it uh, began at the age of nine. Uh, I was saved at uh, Antioch Baptist Church at the age of nine. Uh, you say, well, that's awful young, but I think you can kind of decipher what God's speaking to your heart, even though you're a very young child and all. I knew he was dealing with me, so I was saved at the age of nine. Really didn't get involved in church until later. Uh, really got back into church once I started dating my wife. Uh, wasn't my wife at the time we were dating, but uh, we did become husband and wife later. But it was, really, it was Debbie that got me back into church um, at that time, my dad was still alive. He was pastoring Antioch Baptist Church. And uh, I, felt a, I felt a tug on my heart to you know, do more for the Lord. And uh, he came to me and asked me, he said, well, what would you like to do? I said, I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like maybe teaching or, and all. And he said, well, he said, would you like to do a radio program? And I said, it depends. He said, well, he said, uh, we can set it up for you. You can do it. He said, why don't we call it Sunday morning song time? Uh, you can play some songs. He said, in between the songs, you can make some comments if you feel like it. Or you could just, you know, read some scripture, whatever you want. He said, it'll be a 30-minute program, and it'll air on the local radio station. I kind of was hesitant at first until he said something that got me to think, I think I can do this. He said, you know, you can tape it. You don't have to do it live. You can tape it and take it to the radio station. Yeah. I said, that sounds like something I, I could do. So I kind of got my start in radio. This sort of format reminds me of that time. So was this a cassette tape then? Yeah, actually, back <laughs> in the, the day, the day <laughs> it, uh, it was cassette. I actually was able to do it at the house in my bedroom and put it on cassette and drop it off at the radio station. Uh, funny thing is, Dad's the one that chose the title. Uh, the name for the program, Sunday Morning Song Time. It actually aired on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> so I think it was more concerned with the songs being Sunday morning songs, you would say. Okay. But yeah, it was it was a good time. It was it was how I got started. And so this kind of reminds me once again of those early days back in the day. Yeah. So um, the how did you come up with what you were going to talk about on Sundays? Or Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, I, I think most of the beginning was the fact I, I play a song, and then depending on what the song was about, I would either make a very short, quick comment, or I would look up a verse of scripture that says, okay, you know, that, that song's talking about heaven or talking about whatever, and I'd look a verse of scripture up. I did very little real teaching. Uh, mostly it was just a little bit of comments uh, because I found out very early on that a 30-minute program, taping it to have it at the station, really took about four hours to do. <laughs> so it was a Sunday morning snack, kind of like what we're doing now. Sort Sunday of. Sunday morning song <laughs> snack. Uh, yeah, and I think it came to the point that you get 
used to, if you want to say it that way, uh, doing a certain thing and how long it takes to, to arrive at that. And I learned that very early on that it's not as easy as it makes it sound. Uh, so, for instance, I thought about many years ago, much sooner than either one of you two remember, it was actually in the late 70s and early 80s. There was a commercial on TV and it had this famous singer singing and she had a wonderful voice and she had a voice that could reach the highest pitch. Yeah. The commercial showed a glass, like a wine glass sitting there and you could hear her singing. And when she hit the high note, the glass broke. Yeah. And then it came across and it said, is it live or Memorex? That's the, uh, is it the, the tapes? The tapes. The tapes, okay. Yes, the tapes. Because she was singing and it came up and it said, is it live or Memorex? And Memorex was the maker of VHS tapes or cassette tapes. See, I knew them as CDs in my day. Yeah, that came much <laughs> later. But in the early 80s and late 70s, there were cassette was all the rage. And uh, that's something that you could record on. And so what they were doing, their claim to fame was, could you tell, is it live or is it Memorex? Huh. And they were showing you that on the commercial, it wasn't live. It was taped. But because of the quality of the tape, it still could break that glass. And I found that very interesting. And so when I had my start in radio, I could associate with that <laughs> because I was able to put it on a cassette tape take it down to the station, and they could play it. Now, much like your broadcast with Bethany and you, that finished product sounds so great. It's like, boy, <laughs> they must be professionals at this. Right. Because there's no mistakes. There, there's no fumbling of words or anything. And uh, I was able to do that on the Sunday morning song time on that cassette. Yeah. And have that finished product delivered to the radio station he plug it in and play it, and people would respond and say, oh, he's a natural. He sounds so good on the radio. Yet they did not know how many hours and how many outtakes and how many restarts it took yeah. to get to that point to have that. So the question is, did you use Memorex? Actually, in the beginning, there was a couple that were Memorex. Uh, they were a little bit more expensive. So I always had to go to the what we would consider today the Dollar Tree, Dollar Store <laughs> ones. So you could probably tell they were not live. It was definitely <laughs> yeah. Memorics. Generics. Generics. The generic tape. Uh, it's funny because we were just talking about it earlier when we were watching the news. And Bethany said, how is it that these news broadcasters, they're live and they hardly ever fumble in their words or get tied up um, or do something kind of weird with their voice. And we, we do that all the time. Or spit or, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, I guess they're just uh, formally trained and experienced at doing it every day, I guess. Well, I think you two know that the longer you do this, yeah. it does become a little bit easier. Uh, the butterflies still come. The, the thoughts of, oh, boy, I've got to do this again still come. Uh, but you do get better at it as you practice. And one thing that I appreciated was doing the radio program was the fact that I was in a comfortable surrounding making the tape. Yeah. You know, like uh, sitting at home and we're able to do that. Uh, but I did have an incident that occurred that, like most of us, you kind of wish it was on Memorex. Uh, <laughs> you could go back and, you know, erase that portion. Uh, I did the radio program for about a month. And there was a lady that came up to Antioch Baptist Church. Her name was Eileen Green. Uh, we called her Greenie. 
Uh, her program came on right after mine, but she would do hers live. Now, she played the guitar and sang. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and hers was basically singing and then reading scriptures, similar to what I was doing. And she would make some comments, but it was so natural. But she would go to the radio station every Saturday afternoon and do her program live. Huh. Well, one Saturday, I was going to pick up my tape and drop off the next week's tape, and she was there. And she said, how about let's try it next week live? Why don't you come to the station? I'll be here uh, during your program, and let's do it live. And I thought, that might not be a good option. (laughs) I had only done this for a little bit of time, but I said, okay, I'll try that. So needless to say, uh, as you well know, if this was something that you would have to be put yourself into, the following week I went there, she's there, and we started and I made the announcement in the beginning and it started. She sang a song and then there was probably what seemed to be minutes of dead space. <laughs> yeah. It was only seconds, but I didn't know what to say. I wasn't used to that environment of live. I was yeah. more used to the tape part. So it was very hard and difficult to get through that only because it was live rather than something that you could edit out, take all the mistakes out and tape and deliver yeah. such a good product. Well, to give you an idea how awkward, awkward silence can can be, we just look at a couple seconds right here. Say something. <laughs> See, that was only three seconds. Right, but then it seemed like eternity. <laughs> uh, yeah, and our listeners are probably checking their radio to see, <laughs> did I lose it? What's going on? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the live is definitely uh, a totally different feeling and and the pressure's kind of on um how would you relate that say take as a spiritual application to our listeners yeah i think that sometimes if we all would be honest and that's difficult for us to do at times uh take any average sunday morning that you're preparing and getting ready for church uh most of us you know go through the same ritual you know you get up you get yourself prepared and ready you select your clothes out of the closet you get them all on and you head out to church uh but i'm sure those much like yourself with you and bethany <laughs> if you had to travel in the car and go some place to go to church getting the kids up is not the easiest thing and getting them all prepared and getting them dressed <laughs> no. and getting them fed And then you get them in the car and you start down the road and there's fighting. They have something. She has something. And so you get to church. What happens? Before you step out of that car, your guys are tense. You're kind of maybe even a little bit back and forth (laughs) at each other. But what happens the moment you open that church door? Hi, how you doing? Put on that face. So you're Memorex. (laughs) (laughs) Turn on the Memorex tape. Exactly. You've polished it enough to know that when you get to church, you put on that happy face. Uh Everything's fine. Everything's going great. And uh, whether you break out in small groups or the pastor asks for prayer requests, I'm fine. Everything's going (laughs) great. How was your morning? Fantastic. (laughs) And what we've actually done is we've become a Memorex Memorex, tape. And wouldn't it be good to have people just be live? All the time. <laughs> I don't know. Would it be good? It would be interesting to find out uh, if we got the true answers when you said, hey, how you doing? And we said, <laughs> not not too good. Had a rough morning. Yeah. Uh, but instead, we, we want to put forth that that good foot, so to speak, that, mm-hmm. that good face. And we want everybody to think we're the perfect ideal couple and family and everything's going great. But in reality, what we've done, just like on that Memorex tape, we've edited out all the stuff yeah. that we don't want people to see. And really, isn't church supposed to be like a hospital? 
Isn't this supposed to be a place you can go and just open up and share things with people? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of in the Bible, in the book of Ephesians, chapter number six, it talks about believers and he uses the analogy of children and servants. And I think he chose those, Paul did, for a particular reason. He says about children being obedient and obedient to your parents in all things, whatever they say. They're, they're teaching you. They're guiding you. They're, they're showing you. Be obedient to that. Then he says about fathers, provoke not your children. He's talking about a family. Then he goes into servants in chapter 6, verse 5. He says, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. We oftentimes are more concerned about what people think and people see that we polish up, so to speak, our lives yeah, and create that Memorex tape. And all we're doing is what I did. You're delivering it into uh, this the station, into the place where they're going to play it, and people see it. But I kind of wish that we would be more live, meaning, yeah. why can't we share with one another? Be real. Be real. Yeah. I think part of that problem is that we're concerned what people think about us, the vulnerable state of sharing and opening up. Um, you know, nobody wants to be failing in life, so to speak. Can you imagine that if you would go to a church or you you have your uh, people gather in small groups or over to your house, but you get to that point in the service and you ask people, is there anything you'd like to share? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there something that's on your heart? Is there something you're going through? What happens 99.9% of the time when you ask that? Well, first is the moment of awkward silence. Exactly. (laughs) It's the same as when it was that you're making that tape and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. nobody says anything. Yeah. And then you want to have that tape rewound to go back. What you do is you've got yourself programmed to say, I'm not going to speak up. I'm not going to share anything. Mm -hmm. So when that opportunity comes, we're quiet. We don't say anything. But we have to realize that Paul, when he was speaking to the Galatians, he said that we are to carry, to bear one another's burdens. But before I can bear your burden, Mm -hmm. you have to share it with me. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. difficult for people. Well, it is to be vulnerable, um, to open up. And But one of the things that is important about that is if you open up and share something, somebody else could be struggling with the same thing right? or could relate at least, or maybe they're not struggling with it at that moment, but they've already been through it and they didn't know you were going through it. And so, uh, you know, for example, someone's you know, struggling with the, the loss of a, a loved one. Uh, they've, they've lost a child or a mother and then somebody else in the crowd you know, already has been through that. And now they can approach that person afterward or in that moment and say, I know what you're going through. And, Someone who's already gone through it knows what that person needs the most, you know, because I think we've all been in situations where someone says something to you thinking it's going to help or comfort. And it really just kind of like digs the knife deeper of, you know, you know, someone's just, well, you just need to get over it or it's not that big of a deal anyways. And, you know, if you've been through it, you know, it is a big deal. Right. Uh, And I'm hurting. So, but um, yeah, I mean, that can be hard to, uh, to be vulnerable um, 
I think what you know, what about those that are just struggling to speak up because they're nervous of public speaking or, you know, fumbling their words if right. they if they're to speak live. I guess the best way to help people is as you said to open up and make yourself vulnerable. So I'm going to share a story <laughs> that uh, I have not really shared with too many people uh, occurred to me and happened and it's one of those Memorex moments that you wish you could take back. But I think if you share with people, like you said, it, it gives others encouragement because let's face it, some people look at us as ministers and think they've got it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- it seems like they have the perfect family, the perfect life. Everything goes great for them. They're ministers. They're close to the Lord. And that's just not true. And so what occurred to me and happened to me was many years ago uh, at our church at uh, Antioch Baptist Church, our pastor decided that on Mother's Day, he was going to do more than just what we normally have done in the past. And that was that you would recognize the oldest mother in the crowd uh, with a flower. And then you would recognize the mother who had the most children present at that Mother's Day service Mm -hmm. with a flower. And then they would recognize the mother that was the youngest in the crowd and give a flower that uh, Sunday morning, that Mother's Day. Uh, so this particular year, he decided to do something a little bit different. He thought about it and asked me, he said, well, all of those people that we have in our church whose moms have already passed away and uh, we don't recognize them. What if I get a list together and kind of write down their names of their mothers that have passed away? And so what I'd like you to do is on that Sunday morning, read those names and ask these ladies to stand He said, so we can honor them and recognize them. I said, okay. And I was not real good still at public speaking, as you said. Uh How would you encourage someone to get past that? So I wasn't real uh, comfortable doing that, but I agreed. So I get up there and I have the list and I want to make sure I pronounce the names correctly. Last thing you want to do is say somebody's mom's name, you know, in the wrong way. So I started the list and I said the first name and I had my finger on the paper so I would remember where I was at. And each time that I would say the name, that child whose mom's name we just read would stand up. So I started going down through the list. Each one, one by one, stood up. And I remember going through the whole list and proud of myself. I pronounced the names right. I kept them in the right order. I didn't miss anybody. And then I looked up from the podium and I see all these ladies standing and we're done. And I didn't know what to do. (laughs) So I said, let's give all these ladies a hand. And all of a sudden, everyone's looking at me and they hear this. (laughs) They didn't know what to do. I turned from the pulpit and the pastor was sitting behind there. And I said, I'm done. It's over. It's your show now. That's it. That's how my speaking started. Obviously, it wasn't enough to curtail me or get me out because I do it today. But that was my life moment that I wish I had a memorized Yeah. And so, I could just rewind it and do it over again. So you just gave all the women a round of applause for having lost their mothers. Absolutely. Oh, so, oh my goodness. That's imagine definitely... Imagine how embarrassing that yeah. was. And I think that that's where people should be encouraged to know that we're human. I mean, they know that. Yeah. But when they hear us say, hey, look, these kind of things have happened to every one of us. 
nobody came out speaking eloquently and, you know, saying all the right things without some type of mistake along the way. Uh, the thing to encourage people is, hey, look, the bottom line is it's not so much what we're saying, uh, meaning those words and make sure it's all tied together. Believe it or not, the Spirit of God can take what you say yeah. and can convert it into someone's ear for what they need to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the best sermons people have told me that I preached, I felt like I was on an island preaching them, stammering, stuttering, couldn't remember the text, tried to quote a scripture, got it wrong, didn't remember the right book. And when I got done, somebody would come and say that thing, that sermon spoke to me. And you're thinking, <laughs> not the one I where you've been. Uh, but I think that's why the Spirit of God is able to take those mistakes, those flubs, those wrong things that we come out of our mouth and somehow turn it into what people need to hear yeah. at the moment. I think, um, unfortunately, it even seems like in the church circles is where you get people putting on the Memrax more than anywhere else. Yeah. And it, and you look at all of the different areas in your life on like, who are you, what people are you real with? You know, whether it's your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, uh, different groups of friends, whatever clicks it is. And then how does that compare with how, how the church people know you, so to speak? And the, the goal is that it would be the same across the entire board. Right. Everybody knows you as you the same and as a Christian and, um, that your, you know, your faith is genuine. Uh, so, uh, some people use the phrase, wear your heart on your sleeve. Uh, you're just real. Um, and then there's, there's other people that, maybe feel that different groups know a completely different person depending on which clique you're with, right. so to speak. So wouldn't it be good if all of us threw away the Memorex tapes? Yeah. And uh, instead of being trying to polish it up and trying to make it presentable to everybody, we just start being live. Yeah, be real. Live, be real, and share with people. Let them know what we have and what we're going through be that encouragement, be that person that they know they can count on and call on. Mm -hmm. So to all of your listeners who are tuned in to listen to this podcast, let me just say this. The next time your pastor says, do you have anything to share? Mm -hmm. Don't put the Memorex tape in. Yeah. Be live. Be live. Let people know. Be real. Share something. Because as you said, people are going through a lot these days. And uh, even if it is embarrassing sometimes, you'll get over it. I mean, I did that many years ago. And guess what? Just as recently as a month ago, preaching at a church, I said some things that I wish I could have taken back because you say them, you're like, did I really just say that? And so it's easy to do, but don't let it discourage you. That's for sure. And a lot of times it only takes one person to get things started mm-hmm. and to light that fire. And, you know, we've been in a lot of small groups before and it can be awkward to begin with. And then when one when one person is vulnerable and, and actually says something real like, hey, I'm actually really struggling this week. You know, the, maybe the lockdowns have had me really depressed and uh, life's not the same anymore for me or I lost my job. I'm going through this. My marriage is on the rocks, whatever. And they start just sharing. And then other people start jumping in and sharing too. Um, so I, there's definitely something uh, authentic that happens when when people can break down that that shell and just be real. Yeah, because wouldn't it be nice if you could get to the point 
like the disciples were with Jesus. He sends them out and tells them to go out. And when they come back, he didn't say, well, how was it? Share something with us. Tell Hmm. us how it was. The Bible says they came back and they told him all things that they had seen and they had taught. They were so excited. You know why? Because they were live. They They were were real. Yeah. And the experiences they wanted to share, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. That'll be another podcast, I guess, another day. Yeah. Well, we've been talking a lot lately about the woman at the well. Um, and what did what did everybody know her from? You know, having multiple husbands. And she said that this man, Jesus, surely is a prophet because he knows of these these husbands I have. And she goes to Samaria and she tells everybody, Hey, he he knows about all of my husbands that I've had. And she just threw it out there. Like, yeah, this is, this is the worst of me. And, uh, it doesn't matter because I've met something that's greater than, than all my faults. That's Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, is it live or is it memories? And what we can do is get online, share that on Facebook, comment on the post or what have you. And, Share with us your uh, your live moment that you wish could have been Memrex. If you could have a redo, uh, share that with us. Cool.